Our sermon text for today comes from the 10th chapter of the book of John, John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. When the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I received from my father. This is the word of God for the people of God. In this passage, Jesus talks about being a shepherd. And in the Hebrew idea of being a shepherd, you were not only a shepherd of sheep, you were a shepherd of goats, and they were the whole flock was mixed together. Now we sometimes have this idea that every sheep in the flock is just like us. But Jesus tells the people as he's teaching them that I have other sheep that will become part of this flock. Sometimes I think that those who grow up thinking that to be a Christian you have to look a certain way, you have to live your life a certain way, you have to dress a certain way. You have, In other words, To be a Christian, you have to be like me. And that's not at all what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that comes in all different sizes and colors and ways of living. It comes in all kinds of different ways. Now, the requirement for a sheep is that you must follow the commands of the shepherd. That is the only requirement. We must follow the teachings of Jesus Christ to be a part of the flock. But in my time of being a pastor and working in missions and working with all kinds of different people and going to seminary in a seminary where we had people from Africa and South America and Korea and China, I got to see, oh, and Africa. I can't forget them. I learned so much from the African students. We used to get together in the bottom of our dormitory at night, and we would stand in a circle and sing, and you could instantly pick out those who were from Africa because they can't stand still. When you start singing, they start dancing, and they're dancing around. That's their culture. That's the way they worship. Because they don't worship like us, because they don't act like us, doesn't mean they're not Christians. They are dedicated followers of Jesus Christ. In the same respect, the Chinese 
And the Korean students, you don't move. You just stand there very, very reserved. But it doesn't mean that their faith isn't as large as the African students. And I want us to remember and to understand that it's not what we look like on the outside. It's not the language that we speak. It's what's in our heart that makes us a follower of Jesus Christ. Now today I want to share you, with you a little bit of my history. I grew up in northern Minnesota, right off the reservation, and often heard things like, well, after football practice tonight, let's go Indian hunting. And people would actually go out with their cars, try and find an Indian who was walking down the road and run them over. I'm not kidding. I grew up hearing that kind of stuff. And the only reason was they looked different than we did. My grandmother, who was part Cree Indian, got so mad at my grandfather because he was part Lakota, and every summer he would get so brown and look like almost like he was African American or dark Indian, and she just hated that. And then we came to found, find out after she died, she was actually more Indian than he was. But she grew up in a family that despised their ancestry. And that made me want to know more about my history. I've been to the Rosebud Indian Reservation in South Dakota about 25 times and have learned some things and grown to, to love the people there and to learn from them. One of the things that I've learned is that when they pray, they pray to Tunkashila, who is grandfather. We think of God as our father because we think of the father in white European culture as the head of the house. In Native American culture, grandfather is head of the house. So when they pray, they pray to Tunkashila, to grandfather. It's the same thing. Their understanding of how everything is made, it was made by the creator. The same as we understand that everything was created by God. And they don't understand the creator to be different than Tunkashila, grandfather. Now, God can have many different names. Sometimes he is called Tatanka, which means buffalo, great buffalo bull. If you've ever seen one up close, you're crazy. You only see them from a distance. They are huge, well over a ton, and they're, they're big. So when we in white culture think of God's strength, what do we pick? The Lion of Judah. So it's the same way of thinking. It's the same way of understanding God. And we need to understand, especially in this world where they're trying to tear things apart that we don't look at people for what they look like on the outside. We look at people 
for what's in their heart because that's what makes them followers of Jesus Christ. One of my good friends is from Kenya in Africa. And I, I didn't bring a picture of him, but I'll tell you, I could never wear the suits that John wears. I have to cover my eyes, they're so bright. But John has a heart that is gigantic for God. Took me a while to learn his name because when people come to this country, they often will take an English name. And John's, it goes by John Mark. But then you hear his whole name. His name is John Mark Mathika Ma'akwali. His real name is Mathika Ma'akwali. Took me a long time to learn how to say that. And John is no different than me. He's a pastor in the United Methodist Church. He's a wonderful, loving man. He serves a church in Washington, D.C. It's called Casa del Pueblo. Good African name. John told me one time, in his church, there are 26 languages. It's a church of immigrants. And John has been serving them for years. And he himself speaks five languages. And he said, it's amazing to see all of these people who come from all over the world with all kinds of different languages who look all different and they come together in one church, and they worship the one God. That's what we need to understand, because that's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. There is only one flock. There is only one following of Jesus Christ. And just because somebody says they're a part of the flock, doesn't necessarily mean they're a part of the flock. Because to be a part of the flock, you must follow the shepherd. The shepherd has a staff. And if you get out of line, you'll find out what that staff is for. It's to bring you back into line. In this country, our shepherds have dogs. And sheepdogs are there to keep the flock going the right direction. And I said before that I don't see myself as the shepherd. I see myself as the sheepdog. My job is not to lead you. That's job, God's job. My job is to, when you get out of line, give you a little nip. I have a sheepdog. And... He's wonderful. I learn a lot from him because when I watch how he works, I understand this story so much better. He's about 50 pounds and when he herds whatever it is he's herding, whether it's children or my tractor or the lawnmower or whatever it is, he has a way, especially with children, He'll use his chest, and he'll get up beside them, and he'll hit them and push them. He doesn't bite them, but he'll push them in the way he wants them to go. That's 
what God has called me to do, but also called you as you work with your friends. If you see that somebody in the flock is going the wrong direction, our job is to get them going back in the right direction. Not to look at the color of their skin or anything else about them, what country they're from, but to look at them as God's people. I think if we in the church would understand that we are all of one flock regardless of what we look like and we're all called to work together and serve one another to do God's bidding, we wouldn't have near the problems we have. It's when people lose sight of the fact that God is our shepherd and we are to be following him. He gave us a whole book of instructions telling us how it is we are to live our lives. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to decide what we want to follow and what we don't follow. We're called to be sheep. Sheep in the flock of Jesus Christ. That means we do what Jesus has called us to do. Now, we may end up having a goat beside us. That's okay. In the flock, there are all kinds of different looking animals. God created each and every one of us. Some feel that God didn't give them enough color, so they add some. Some feel God didn't give them enough holes in their body, so they add some. It doesn't make them different. It doesn't make them non-Christian. It just means they look a little different than we do. There are all kinds of different sheep. There are black and there are brown and there are white and there are spotted and there are, I've seen striped sheep. There are sheep with long wool. There are sheep with tight curly wool. There are all kinds of different sheep. But they're all God's sheep. We are all God's people if we follow him. We must follow Jesus to be a part of the flock. But God welcomes all who desire to follow him. Amen.